I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best and worst and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Today we are talking about, uh, we're kind of going back a little bit since we finished the last little arc where we kind of looked at the UNBU and Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan and then the three of them together. This week we're taking it back a little bit. So uh, Marty, explain a little about the movie that we're seeing today and why you chose it. Sure. So we're watching uh, a true classic of the genre. This is Come Drink With Me, directed by King Hu and starring the incredible Chang Pei-Pei. And yeah, we're going back quite a bit. This film dates back to 1966, which is almost a decade before um, really uh, a lot of the sort of kung fu wave that most of us think of when we're thinking of like classic kung fu. So we're definitely uh, not only pre-Jackie Chan stardom, but pre-Bruce Lee, um, really most of the modern era of uh, Hong Kong or Chinese martial arts cinema as we know it. And yeah, this is a pretty seminal film uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, it's it's beautifully uh, photographed and directed. And, um, and uh, one of the sort of driving forces for focusing on this today has to do with kind of the theme around uh, our next segment of films, which is really to try to showcase the great screen heroines of Hong Kong and martial arts cinema. Uh, We thought we'd start with uh, more of an origin story with this uh, classic here, Come Drink With Me and Mm -hmm. Jane Pepe. Yeah, women can kick butt too, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and have have been doing so for 40 plus years. Actually, I haven't done the math. Yeah, 50 years. This movie's over 50 years old. Which is nuts, because mm-hmm. the very the very first thing that jumps out to me with this movie is that first off, I've seen I've only seen a couple of Shaw Brothers movies, but sure. their whole style is so much different from the from the style of the movies that we have been watching. Like it's obviously it's not you know kung fu comedy. There's not a lot of silly choreography and and jokes and stuff like that. And there's also the act, there's a lot of action, just like in the other movies. It's not as much hand to hand combat, and there's a lot more like weapons. There's all kinds of right. weapons in this, like, and lots one of the of, first scenes lots of blood, uh, which lots of you, blood, uh, lots that of famous, there's gore, bright, there's yeah, that bright a lot red of Shaw Brothers blood. Yeah, yeah you said that the Shaw Brothers is, is famous for the way that their blood looks, and definitely has a very unique yeah. look to it. I, it. This movie is beautiful, like. The moment the movie started, I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh man, I can't wait to see where this is going." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now the very the very first scene is it's it's been it's another um, ancient China kind of it's it's probably an older era than the even the other period movies that we've um, been watching. I think generally the Shaw Brothers movies tended to be in like I, I think it's the Ming Dynasty is what they yeah they I think covered. so. So yeah, you get a very classic Which is like sixteen hundreds, I think, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe a little older. Uh but yeah, it definitely has a very very old school kind of look to it. It's you know, lots of stuff about bandits and dynasties and, you know, leaders being being held captive and stuff like that. 
And the very first scene has uh, this big ambush. And right. I'll be honest, I wasn't completely able to follow the story in this. <laughs> like, I think I think they ambushed, like, some kind of regional leader and they kidnapped his son or him or something. I, I don't think that's pretty know. much it. Yeah, I think you're yeah. you're right on the target. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you. I mean, even after um, multiple viewings, it's a little bit unclear. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of the main sort of thread of the story. Yeah. I mean, we're aware that there are people that are uh, hostages, and the exchange of those hostages is really kind of central to the plot later on. But it's yeah, there's still a little bit that doesn't. I don't yeah. fully. Uh, I don't <laughs> fully grasp. But I think. I, I guess I'm kind of the opposite of you guys because for me, I thought this movie really was shining bright in how simple everything was. Like, I That's guess true. because oh, we, I we just got through watching Wheels on Meals, right? And I, I know <laughs> right. that movie so well, but there's a ton of stuff going on in that movie. And mm-hmm. with true. this movie, there was a very clear-cut plot and stuff happens that leads to the next thing happening. Like, there's a captive, there's bandits... The bandits want their leader back, so they, in retribution, kidnap one of the government officials, and then the government sends an official to either, you know, kill the bandits or negotiate a return, and Mm -hmm. that's basically the focal point of the whole movie, and when it comes to the fighting as well, I thought with Jackie Chan and all these, there's all these situations in the middle of fighting, and they're using the environment and stuff like that, whereas in this movie the fights are like much more graceful and although the choreography isn't like super tight and everything i really appreciated how um i guess i guess i would say like magical it made everything seem (laughs) sure you know like you've got um people kind of floating into the air and there's also like most of the fighting in this movie is weapon based so there's a lot of kind of i strike and the guy's just kind of wretches oh and then he dies <laughs> and there's a lot of cool stuff like that which i really kind of feel like was very reminiscent of either westerns or like yeah, samurai absolutely. movies like there's yeah a lot gotcha. of that attitude in this movie so I, yeah it yeah. feels like it's part of more kind of like a global cinema tradition of this time like yeah uh, yeah would not be very out of place for yeah american action in uh in a western like you're saying yeah i think um particularly with the the more classic Shaw Brothers movies, uh, there it's kind of the other side of the coin, or like the yin and yang from like Golden Harvest and all the independents, um, where some of those movies tend to suffer is that they can be very uh, eclectic and irreverent, and uh, you can sort of feel that they're thrown together in some cases really quickly. Uh, even kind of how the shots are <laughs> constructed. Uh, yeah. And certainly the plot and just the production of the film, um, but they're also really funny. And uh, as you go, you know, forward in time, the choreography in many cases can be, you know, pretty jaw dropping. Uh, mm-hmm. You can almost describe a lot of the classic Shaw Brothers movies like in the opposite way, where they're very considered, um, like photographically. And I, I agree with what you're saying, Carlos. Like story wise, uh, very coherent and clear compared to a lot of you know those independents and the Mm -hmm. golden harvest Uh, and the the action is more about uh what it means to the story and the characters than Mm -hmm. about um sort of uh 
you know acrobatic displays and and that sort yeah. of thing. And also we do we do need to position it in time. Um, you were mentioning Matthew that you, you have seen a couple of Shaw Brothers. It's probably some of the classic Lao Garlong movies like Thirty Six Chamber and stuff like yeah, that. Yes, so I say Thirty Six Chamber Shaolin and. Um, like five uh, deadly uh, venoms stuff like that oh yeah sure. stuff like that and by that point um well garlong was an incredible choreographer um so i mean yeah there's fantastic choreography in those films and another mm-hmm. another missing ingredient i think here in 1966 is uh you can tell we don't have that same library of sound effects that uh becomes yes. <laughs> becomes you know yes this is a very quiet movie by it's kind 70s, of surprising but, how quiet it is um i like that but yeah. i liked it a lot oh yeah no it's it's not a bad thing it's mm-hmm. just kind of a thing it's funny i mean in a lot of ways it reminded me of legend of zelda breath of the wild <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah i gotcha where like it's just it's it, there's just a lot of very quiet moments yeah uh with with really pretty music there's yeah, a lot of right. really good music in this movie as well mm-hmm um, the, uh, the no thing, more, another, totally another thing that kind of stands out to me in this movie, the uh, probably the best feature of the movie is the shots. Like all of the shots are very deliberate. They're very right. well framed. There's a lot of really pretty stuff to, to look around and, you know, all of the like the makeup's really good. They're really, really well done. The set design's really well done. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's a little rough is the editing. The sure. like, there's a lot of times where like you'll see a person like throwing something in one scene, and then they'll be throwing it in like a different way whenever it cuts to the next shot. Yeah. And both of those shots of them throwing it look good, but there's just the continuity between the two is just a little weird. Which that it's one of those things that like that's just I only noticed that because I edit stuff a lot. I've <laughs> sure, seen a lot sure. of movies, and it may be, but. It- and it may have to do with the editing and it may have to do with kind of like you're saying, like really the choreography of the shots relative or the choreography mm-hmm. of the, the action relative to where the camera positions are going to be and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But well, like you were saying before, and the 36 chamber of Shaolin does this too, the action, like you were saying, it's not just look at this really cool stuff, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love that in, in right. other movies we've watched. But the action in this is very much like it has a reason there's it's very deliberate like like Carlos was saying there is some honest to God magic in this movie like people it's not quite um, crashing tiger hidden dragon level of people flying around but there's a little bit of it and there's people like shooting energy from their hands and stuff like that a little later yeah totally yeah they they depict Qigong as like this very magical uh, cosmic power uh, which is pretty pretty interesting. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And since you mentioned Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like I was familiar with this movie, but I had never seen it. And actually, it's funny as we go through this show, every episode, every episode that we watch a movie, I'm actually feeling <laughs> like the novice, where it's like uh, I loved all this oh. stuff, but all these movies are new to me, and I'm falling <laughs> in love with all of these movies as we go along. But <laughs> oh, Crouching so Tiger, cool. Hidden Dragon, like in a lot of ways is kind of an answer to this movie in a way, you know, yeah, like a absolutely. modern, a modern, not a remake, but like, I mean, Ching Pei Pei being in both movies is a, a deliberate thing as well. Oh yeah, like, abs- absolutely. It's like a yeah, passing of the, almost the like torch. a bookend. 
I know. I think cool. that's, that's I've, beautiful. I've never, I haven't it. seen the movie all the way through. I've seen like bits and you know parts of it, but I, I'm definitely looking forward oh, to. Okay. I'm sure we're going to watch it at some point. Oh, yeah, so. yeah. Can't, can't wait for that to happen. And yeah, yeah, we should also say the director King Hu, who shortly after this um, stopped making movies for uh, for Shaw Brothers because uh, he was given a little bit more directorial freedom it, to make films in Taiwan. Actually, that's. A pretty recurring theme with Shaw Brothers. They were known for having very strict contracts uh, for actors, for directors, for all of their crew. Um, right. So while the movies would, you know, come out like clockwork, and the production value is pretty darn consistent almost across the whole library, and they produced so many movies, um, say from this point to kind of the end of the '70s when they sort of started. Uh, they sort of started losing some of their uh, their market share, but yeah. uh, Run Run Shaw was the the head of the studio and it was a very shrewd uh, businessman. And uh, so even when Bruce Lee, you know, came back to uh, mm-hmm. to Hong Kong to try to make movies, Shaw Brothers offered him just their regular contract, and he wasn't really okay with that. And then mm-hmm. basically went down the street to Raymond Chow and. Um, you know, Golden Harvest was able to really kind of be flexible and and work with him. And uh, yeah, and him him going to Golden Harvest was like the huge turn in the industry over there. Yeah, totally. But um, oh, sorry, I meant to say, yeah, so so King Hu is a director, incredibly influential and, uh, you know, a lot of great Hong Kong directors like John Woo or Choi Hark, very influenced by King Hu. And of course, Ang Lee, who, uh, directed Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, mm. influenced by his work in general, but I think very clearly this movie. Ang Lee makes a lot more sense. I've said Ang Lee my entire life, but Ang Lee <laughs> oh, makes sure. a lot more sense. <laughs> so anyways, uh, now in that whole scene, they uh, at some point, they when they're interrogating the, the guy that they captured, he mentions that Golden Swallow is this warrior who fought off the bandits and uh, at some point and the leader of the bandit group uh who you said this is another one of those things because there's a lot of different like dubs and versions of this movie this character has had a couple of different names but the main villains i the name we were deciding to go with is sleek face which Mm -hmm. makes sense because he has a very sleek face he has a very like smooth (laughs) look he has this really weird kind of like almost looks like he's dead kind of yeah. paint on his face dressed in white, white usually dressed yeah. completely in white which is very like that's like the color of death in china right. uh so he says that he can't wait to meet this he can't wait to meet him don't forget about golden swallow he could really wreck things oh yeah who's this golden swallow he's big trouble that's what he is i hear he's a real tough guy well I can't wait to meet this golden swallow. And then that's where we get the cut to Chang Pepe, our our heroine of the movie. And she is she's incredible in this movie. Yeah. And she was crazy young whenever they did this. She was like 20, 21 or yeah, something. Really like that. young. And and her background, kind of like Zhang Siyi, who would kind of follow in her footsteps with Crouching Tiger, her background was ballet. Um, and I think she mm-hmm. was still with the Royal Ballet Company of uh, China. Maybe yeah, she she's from uh, Shanghai, so a Mandarin speaker. There's a lot of. Uh, He's about to say the move is in Mandarin, yeah. instead of Cantonese, which is which is obviously it, you know 
none of us speak Cantonese or Mandarin, so it doesn't sound completely different to us. But uh, but it's definitely notable that this movie is in Mandarin instead of Cantonese, like the previous ones. Yeah. yeah. Without generalizing too much, I think I think you could sort of fairly describe like the character of the uh, Mandarin dialect to kind of lend itself to maybe sort of more poetic um, sort of sing-songy speech. And mm-hmm. I do think the dialect of Cantonese can really lend itself to uh, a lot of humor and uh, a lot of sort of, uh, you know, uh, kind of energy. And uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's difficult to articulate these things, but uh, well, yeah, I think uh, the more films you'll watch, you'll start to, you'll start to notice uh, some interesting kind yeah. of characters. The big thing that separates the two uh, languages is articulation, actually, because Cantonese has, like, a uh, it's the way that Chinese works is the inflection you put on a word can change the meaning of the word. So, like, if right. you go up or if you go down with a syllable, it could completely change what that means. And Cantonese has, what, like, eight different ways that you can do that, and Mandarin just has, like, two or three or something like that. Wow. Wow, that's uh, so, awesome. And actually, it's really interesting. <laughs> if you look at Romanized Cantonese, then there will be like numbers next to it. I know that. Numbers, and the numbers mean if you do the inflection up or down or, or, or monotone straight, or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, cool. It's, it's really interesting. So yeah, so we get introduced to Ching Pei Pei's character, which is uh, Golden Swallow. And... Apparently, she's in a very good disguise as a man in this scene, but you know, it's, it's very clear that it's not a man. But yeah, whatever. we were talking earlier. It's definitely. Uh, I think they're definitely striking more of like a Shakespearean tone here. I yeah, do, I do yeah, think I it sort that. of works. Like the audience clearly is supposed to know from, you know, from the first frame that where we see Chang Pepe's character, and I think yeah, there's something very sort of uh, poised and yeah stately really about this whole section of the film and i don't know somehow that at least for me it 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 sort of works although yeah it is it is kind of strange on the first viewing i I kind of saw it as she was her her gender in this movie was defined by the clothes that she's wearing yeah you know not necessarily like she's trying to disguise her face because she doesn't do anything different Mm -hmm. with her hair or face it's just that she's dressed in something that maybe a man would wear or an official would wear Mm -hmm. where when you see her later in the movie when she like visits the temple you can see she's in more of a dress something like that Mm -hmm. yeah it's almost like like conventions that would really work like theatrically like watching like watching the stage from like a Mm -hmm. quite a distance in the audience or something Um, and like you were saying she's trained in ballet and this definitely feels whereas the Samo and Jackie and uh, Ewan were all trained in the pecking opera. She was trained in ballet, and you can definitely tell, like, the moves that she does definitely feels more like ballet. Like, it's very graceful, lots of, like, you know, uh, like, swinging her arms around and and things like that. That definitely reflects her her background a lot. But this scene's... This this very first scene's a really cool one, because she is in like a restaurant she orders some you know like some liquor or something and all of the people that are working in the restaurant are actually the bandits that we uh, many of whom we saw in the previous scene right uh, and they like they know that who who this person is and they all 
try to get like the the jump on her and there are so many cool like just little things that i have I've written down like i say it have that like she catches a bunch of stuff with chopsticks and then throws chopsticks <laughs> yeah they around. throw they're they're kind of it's almost like they're testing her it's almost like in a western as well where it's like yeah there's a tough guy that entered the saloon and we're tough so we're gonna see how tough this person is mm-hmm. and yeah they do some kind of little tests where they're like hey throw me some uh a jar of the wine and she like defends it in mid toss and it breaks and then there's the uh my yeah my favorite one is with the coins where they throw the coins up and she shoots her chopsticks just in time to catch the the coins and then yeah 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 they tack into the ceiling and then she catches them on her fan it's yeah yeah it's cool yeah. stuff it it really sets the mood for the movie where it's like golden swallow as a character she's she's a pro right and you know she's very serious as well like you're not gonna get ahead of her she's always gonna mm. you know she's always gonna control the situation right it's really cool yeah, also a cool little bit of trivia in this section is one of the things they do is the uh, person throws a bench at her and she like deflects it and it crashes <laughs> right. into a thing of wine. And it turns out the person who throws <laughs> that bench is actually Simon Ewan, who played the uh, the Beggar So character in Snake in the Yellow Shadow and in uh, Drunken Master. Yeah, so cool to see yeah, him. Yeah, it's pretty terrific seeing him. And, now, and it's yeah. if you, you see a picture and you don't recognize him, that's fine. It took, I had a do a side by side because he is completely bald doesn't have any hair anywhere on his face as opposed to you know the the long beard and yeah. the hat uh, and i believe he was bald really for the for the rest of his life it's um a pretty uh pretty cool wig that that he's usually wearing i think for the bigger so stuff oh yeah also i wanted to ask there's one point where she throws a bunch of or mm-hmm. like after she catches the money and she throws it against the wall whenever they look at what she throws against the wall like i guess she's spelling out something and i guess she spells out the character for golden swallow it's her golden swallow is my name would you care for a drink no thanks let's just get down to business I, or something because everyone i mean says golden swallow whenever they see that and i'm like I'm I'm just a dumb white guy. Yeah, sorry. It, it almost does seem like that's what it is. I, I'm not exactly sure either, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of read it the same way, but I haven't seen a version where uh, where like they subtitle that that moment. Or yeah, anything. I gotcha. So eventually it escalates, and you know we're gonna get yeah. to the point where either she gets her way or the bandits get their way, and they come at her. And this is when our first uh, confrontation with Go- Golden Swallow begins, and she handily defeats everyone she does this awesome thing in this fight and she does it a couple more times in the movie it's like almost like a a defensive super move where all everyone comes at her at once and she kind of swings her arms around like in like a martial arts kind of swingy arm i don't know a larry or something she basically she does like a spin move yeah and the the next shot is immediately everyone flying away it's awesome right right i think she fights multiple people more often than she fights one-on-one in this movie yeah like yeah, there's totally so many true. scenes of her taking on like two or three or more people at once and like i said before all these fights are 
yeah, every fight is weapons based, and they all mm-hmm. kind of have the personality of like a samurai movie where it's like I'm just standing still looking at you, and you're mm-hmm. looking at me, and in one move, either you die or I die. Right. It's really, it's, they're very much cinematic fights, and I think the movies we've watched thus far, they kind of emphasize the kind of high energy side of mm-hmm. yeah, cinema, we could say. But yeah, this this film really like so many great classics of cinema of any any genre really emphasizes suspense and builds these wonderful moments where almost the frame is filled the frame gets filled with everyone uh particularly in this scene in the inn you know we'll see Chang Pepe in the center and she's completely surrounded by uh mm-hmm. by everyone in the inn and we all see that unfold uh very slowly and suspensefully in these long takes uh and it's just it's really powerful and by the time the action really starts you sort of feel like the slingshot has been pulled back uh, just so far, like you almost, you almost couldn't bear anymore. Uh, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. And in this scene, we also get introduced to the main. I guess it's he starts off as a side character, but he almost becomes the main character later in the movie. Yeah, uh, we get introduced to uh, Fande Pei. That's why I've written down. Is that right, Fande Pei? Yeah, um, yeah, I think that's right. He he's later known as uh, the drunken cat. The drunk, yeah, yeah, drunken cat's uh, what played he played by Yua Hua who's a pretty pretty young man at the time of uh yeah of shooting this. And, and he has kind of like a monkey from journey of the west thing going on with like he has the pole and like just the way he walks right. is kind of I, th- I think he even portrayed goofy. the monkey king himself uh prior to this yeah i remember um seeing an interview where he was talking during this movie uh king who kept trying to remind him not to act like uh, Song Wukong <laughs> because he was so used to portraying him in the movie before that he would just kind of slip uh. back into that character but um, the other thing about him is that I, I don't know if there's anything that predates this but I think this is kind of our first ever drunken master type character in a, a Hong Kong movie I don't know for sure but when I, think I was definitely reading... in the, the modern era I, yeah I think I, it's hard because uh, you can't really it's difficult to track down the really old Wong Fei Hong movies, but mm. but yeah, supposedly So Ha Yi always always had like a drunken element to him. But oh. whether he was depicted as a drunken master, I I don't I don't think that really that aspect was really articulated quite. So drunken cat extent. kind of fills that role. Where he's anytime he's in a scene, it's one of those situations again where. Um, he kind of plays a bumbling character, but really he understands more of what's going on than everyone else. So he'll use his drunkenness or his uh, just kind of goofy mannerisms to um, maybe help Golden Swallow avoid attack or right. or help um, the enemies like kind of stumble upon themselves. So totally. it's pretty cool to see this again. Like. Yeah, it's, and I think his his drunkenness sort of plays out more at the like character plot level than in the sort of choreographic level. Yes, totally. And I don't believe but. that he's a martial artist either. Like I think he's more I of think a, you're right. yeah. of an actor, you know, type than a uh, trained martial artist like everyone else. So it's kind of cool seeing this movie and I mean outside I don't I don't know Simon yeah, Ing Si Yun might be one of the only dudes that's like a really pro like martial artist in the movie. Everyone else seems like they're um, maybe more of on the actor's side. Right. I mean, which actually 
it's very similar to say any kind of uh, Hollywood Western, you know, mm-hmm. and I suppose a lot of those films are kind of depicting gunfights and that sort of a thing uh, where you sort of have to use your imagination. And yeah. I think this movie works in a similar way. Uh, like when we are talking about golden swallows sort of super move, um, I do think the audience is being asked to kind of use your imagination <laughs> a little bit along with yeah. the, the action that you're seeing on screen. And I don't know. I, I kind of enjoy that. Yeah, me too. I totally love it. And I love just Ching Pepe, like how she handles this character. It's so intense. Yeah. I don't think, I think you can probably count the time she blinks on one hand in this movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like she's yeah, always you just got can't, this. You can't look away when she's on screen. She's just so mm-hmm. compelling. Yep. Yep. She's got this great face that, you know, she means business. And like also whenever she kind of gets a move in on anyone, she'll kind of almost stand and look down at this person like, yeah, you deserve that. Like, don't ever right. try to do that again. It's so cool. It's so cool. She ends up encountering all these guys and they want their way. She wants her way. So they said something like, if you guys don't uh, give us what our bandit leader back in five days, we're going to kill him. And in the midst of this, they uh, she reveals that that's her brother and uh, that she's also uh, the daughter of the... Well, they think she's a man at the time, but she's the daughter of the governor. And um, she counters their demand, saying that you need to let go of him in five days or else we're going to have trouble. So um, uh, the character... Uh, I believe he goes by Smiling Tiger in some of the versions of this movie. <laughs> but um, he's kind of like the liaison in that scene. So that scene ends they're all defeated she ends up staying at the inn in that same building and then it cuts to the next scene where all the bandits are all beat up they've got bandages (laughs) all over and you can see they're licking their wounds and they can't believe that they were defeated by this uh golden swallow but you kind of scenes rough yeah you kind of get a taste of one where they're staying and really how nasty these guys are hmm. um right yeah because so, they whenever they're they're talking they're they have like a a, a shaolin monk with hmm. them like a really old monk long beard bald head and everything right and he's he's saying basically that he's not like he he kind of doesn't approve of this hmm. uh going on um and then at one point the uh, sleek face throws uh, like slings his fan out and a dart shoots out of it and hits like goes through the wall and you see it hits like this kid oh like literally like a like a nine ten year old kid yeah. and he's like has this dart in his eye and Yikes. like he everyone's freaking out and he's like bleeding out of it and he falls down on the ground it's raining outside and the the monk begs for like an antidote, but the bandits instead hold the monk back and just stab the kid to death, and blood shoots all over the guy. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, it's yeah. it's horrific. Um, yeah, it's and even though serious. there there's uh, quite a bit of blood in the very first scene, we talked about that sort of caravan that gets interrupted. You're mm-hmm. definitely not prepared for a little like a child to be yeah murdered. for a child to get murdered on screen. Yeah, yeah. it's a little rough. But, you know, kind of shows that, hey, these are the bad guys. <laughs> and they do Don't this you kind worry. of it's something you would see like in more modern day stuff where it almost would be a parody where you do like a, a mortal blow off screen and then you see kind of blood splashed almost from the side. It doesn't even kind of 
line up with where the, like the guy strikes downward but maybe somebody's out on the side and they just toss a bucket at him <laughs> that's what it seems like but the other thing is that the 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 child in that scene he's played by ching su tung and oh, he's yeah. an actor and director that would later go on to do some pretty notable movies yeah he's a he's one of the one of the leading names in uh in action directing and yeah. choreography that's cool yeah yeah huh. yeah so uh, at the end of the scene, and you know the kid dies tragically. It's pretty rough, but you kind of mm-hmm. get this: these guys are for real. And um, mm-hmm. Jade Face Tiger or Sleek Face, he's kind of growing impatient. And instead of waiting on for their five days or whatever, he sends some guys back to the inn to take care of Golden Swallow. Mm-hmm. So this is the scene where she's in her room, and. Uh, She's kind of like lettering her hair down and stuff like that. But then she notices that somebody's trying to break in. So this is where her and Drunken Cat encounter each other officially. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, she kind of like you're saying, Carlos, she doesn't think very much of him and tries to kind of shoo him out of the room mm-hmm. uh, until she notices that uh, he somehow sneakily is kind of pickpocketed her. And... Hey, give me my things back. <laughs> Yeah, and that's another one of those things where it's like, if he wouldn't have done that, the bandits show up in the middle of the night, and she's kind of makes chase with Drunken Cat, so while she's away chasing him, they're trying to get the jump on her. So then when she returns, she kind of ambushes them in a reversal, and in in the middle of all of that, or I should say after that, she realizes what Drunken Cat has done for her. The next day is a daytime scene in the inn and it's really cool that I wasn't expecting to see a song in this movie That's right, there's like a musical number in the middle of this. Yeah, the drunken cat is sort of like a minstrel. Yeah, and he walks in with like a bunch, a bunch of a bunch of little kids, and they have like little instruments and stuff, and, and they start like singing this song. And it's uh, this is kind of an interesting thing. It's it's kind of a kind of anti-trivia. Uh, <laughs> there's a rumor that one of these little kids is actually Jackie Chan. Uh, yeah, now, apparently that's been been debunked um, yeah but people by had, jackie chan <laughs> right but people had believed that for a long time but uh one of the kids uh is a fairly well-known hong kong martial arts actor uh who goes by the name of mars and he's been part of the jackie chan stunt team for a long time and has mm-hmm. a very distinctive look that you actually can't even make out here uh when he's just you a, he's a kid. young boy yeah, yeah you can you you i noticed him without even knowing i was like wait a second and then I did some digging, and I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like, he's, like, one of Jackie Chan's stunt team, like, one of their aces. I think they're really good friends, him and Jackie Chan. Yeah, and actually, I think he does a lot of, uh, as of, I, th- I want to say maybe, like, the late 90s, I think he was responsible for most of Jackie's doubling, whenever that would be Oh, really? Required. Cool. I think so. I'm I could be I could be wrong, wrong there, but yeah, apparently this is these were kids uh, recruited from a Peking opera school, but it wasn't uh, 
I don't believe it was a uh, Master Jim Yuan's right. school. It really is a wonderful little song and dance. So they're basically singing to entertain everyone to get money to eat because they're orphans. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. Golden Swallow sees this, but this is her chance to address Drunken Cat. And that's actually where he tells her and uh, his name. She says, please, thank you. Like, what can I do? And she's like, I, no- I need to know your name. And he's like, I'm Drunken Cat. He kind of says it like a joke and all the kids laugh <laughs> along with mm-hmm. him. But she's kind of looking for help now, and uh, right. she wants to know where the bandits are. So she she realizes that's that right. He this might, is a cool little bit. Yeah, he might have an idea, and he's playing coy. He won't tell her, but he mm-hmm. sings another song, and through the lyrics of the song, he basically gives her the clues that she needs to find out where they are. It's yeah. really cool, and and I think we lose a little bit not knowing the language, but he actually yeah, like the lyrics of the song teach her mm. how to write the character that ends up it, it writes temple so knowing yeah. that she knows where to go to find the bandits it's really cool i, I love it's it. really cool yeah and i also love that it's not something that was really imitated to death uh, mm-hmm. after after this movie it still feels like a really special idea here and you're talking about zelda earlier that seems like a zelda kind of oh, thing yeah. or like an adventure game oh, kind sure. of thing like totally. i've listed lyrics we could to, go to yeah, yeah like breath of the wild thing the, yeah, the dude with the accordion. I forget his name. Yeah, but, yeah. Oh, right. the... Basically, that's the same thing. Like where he's telling you what you need to do. It's exactly the yeah. same. That's insane. It's very similar. <laughs> I totally um, wasn't. I intentionally brought up Breath of the Wild to link that to this, right? Of course. Of yeah. Course. Oh. <laughs> dude, well done. Uh, but that's. But that actually brings up a good, a uh, good point to talk about the versions of this movie. The, probably the best version out there is the Dragon Dynasty DVD, which has the original Mandarin as well as a pretty good dub, I'd say. Just write an appeal to the governor. Once the governor agrees to release our leader, then we'll simply let you go. See, we can all be reasonable here. <laughs> no, I'll never do it. I believe in the sanctity of the law, as does the governor. He won't give in to you. You're just a bunch of lawless thugs. You can do whatever you want to me. I'm just a man. But the sanctity of our laws will survive. Be quiet. Enough theatrics. You're the governor's son. He won't sacrifice you. He'll do whatever we say. You know that I'm right. And, you know, subtitles. Because there is a version of this you can buy on YouTube, and it looks really, really nice. It's in, like, it's a full digital HD version, but the dub's terrible. You'll write a letter to the governor. If he is willing to release our leader, then we'll let you go. That way, both sides are happy, right? (laughs) No. My job is to keep the peace and see justice is done. As for the governor... He is a resolute man. He won't be intimidated by bandits. Kill me or beat me. Do your worst. Master Chang, we know the governor is your father. I seriously doubt he'll sacrifice his son just to keep his job. Yeah, it's not the best. It's it's, it's unfortunate. Not the best you know, we're still we're still dealing with this like we're picking these mm-hmm. episodes for people to watch, but granted it's right on youtube you can get it for yeah, i think only a couple of dollars but mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, the reason I bring it up in this scene specifically, though, is because during the song, it cuts back to the original Mandarin, which I kind of appreciate because, yeah, you know, it's a, it's, it's a song. It, it's, be, it's better than hearing some voice actor trying to say the lyrics in English. But the problem is that there's no subtitles, so you completely miss what's happening here. Yeah. Because oh, he's just man. singing Mandarin, and then she's like, oh, I know where to go now. Like, oh, <laughs> sure you do. Yeah. Okay. So, I, yeah, you'd have to really look to the context of the scene to kind of mm-hmm. help you understand that. Which you'll but, get it, but yeah. it's still it's still just kind of a, I don't know, it's just kind of a bummer that it looks so nice, but then there's caveats. Yeah. So Yeah, that's that's too bad. I don't think there's a, at least when I was looking, I, I couldn't find a commercially available uh, Blu-ray, but... I believe that yeah, the HD transfer uh, or sorry, the HD version comes from the same transfer that Dragon Dynasty used. But luckily, the uh, the Dragon Dynasty DVD, well, I don't think it's actively in print. Uh, it's not very difficult to find on Amazon yeah. or eBay. Yeah, like Carlos, you got a version pretty easily, right? Yeah, I was able to track it down on Amazon. Yeah. I, I got it off of Amazon. Yeah. So back to the movie. Um, mm-hmm. So after uh, Drunken Cat gives the whole directions through song, then that's whenever she goes to the temple. And this is a cool little bit because this is whenever she, like you were saying earlier about what she wears, kind of determines her, you know, how if people see her as a man or as a woman. And this is whenever she's actually wearing like something that uh, a woman would traditionally wear with like the high, has like that collar that goes like up the neck a little bit, has like big curls in her hairs and stuff the set dressing and like the the costumes and wardrobe in this movie is yeah, impeccable incredible. like yeah. it's some incredible sets like shaw brothers had a had a lot of money to throw around yeah. when it comes to this kind of stuff and yeah they constructed sets wholesale i mean we mentioned mm-hmm. previously at the inn how she stayed upstairs but apparently they actually built all of that it wasn't you know two separate sets for kind of the upstairs and the downstairs was all that's insane to me and i think there was uh even in this temple set i think a lot of it was uh constructed which it is yeah it's a constructed set it's hard to believe it's insane yeah if you see her walking up the steps like the weathering and just it looks as old as it should look it's amazing Mm -hmm. and 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 Another thing is that you can see the mountains out in the background, like the way that the set is built using the background, like the actual natural hillsides. It's perfect. And there's some soundstage shots later that are pretty good, too. But, you know, you can still you can still tell that it's a soundstage, mm-hmm. especially on the especially in the HD versions. That's that's oh, the sure. one kind of downside of HD is it's like, oh, that's that's a green screen. That's a that's a set that's, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, these it's, these, it's nat- these sets built outside are definitely really nice. Really, I really like. Yeah, That's she she enters yeah. the temple and she performs like that. Um, I don't know how familiar you guys. That's like kind of fortune uh, sticks. Kind of, it's like sticks oh, of sure. incense. Yeah, or it's something. like incense. You yeah. kind of make a prayer and you shake. Yeah, she's she's yeah she's out. praying for like her own fortune or good luck. I think. In that yeah, room. but she's yeah. also they're on reconnaissance basically and right, right in the middle of doing that uh jade face tiger sleek face i guess depending on i'll just pick one right um yeah we can mix and match yeah he yeah they're both cool names so. yeah he shows up and he he actually he's pretty sleazy in both versions <laughs> like something like 
along the lines of like why pray to a god when i'm right here or something like that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> foolish what's the point of praying to a phony sculptor like this buddha statue worship a living god like me ah hold on don't run away so fast you and i should have a nice private banquet so we can really get to know each other better you know it's just i don't want to know anything about you <laughs> You're me. You feel that way about all of us? And um, she doesn't understand who she's speaking with, but she's ambushed by the bandits. They they block her way out, and this turns into another encounter. And yeah. um, in the midst, well, this of, is also I think the closest thing we get to sort of the title line of the movie, depending on the version you watch. Yes, yeah. he offers her uh, to like to drink with tea with him. Yeah, basically. yeah. And in one of the versions, I forget. I think. I think the subtitled one, he says, I'd like you to come with me on in a vegetarian dinner. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Strangely specific. Yeah. The (laughs) subtitles are a little weird in the the version I watched. Yeah. And like, cause you get the point, but it's one of those things like whenever, whenever you listen to the dubs, like, okay, that makes a little more sense. And I think, I think he's trying to kind of indicate that he's like really pious or righteous or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's very, he's, yeah, he's putting on airs for sure. And oh, yeah. um, all the bandits come in and they kind of surround her and she stills addressing him as if he were a bystander. And he's like, oh, but aren't you concerned with your brother? And that's the moment where her eyes widen and she realizes who he is. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she's still dressed in her gown, and but she brings her swords out and they block the temple off and they're going to take her out. So she gets to use her uh, super move again when she yeah. hops up yeah. on the mantle in front of the Buddha and everybody toss, gets tossed away. There's another character that I like, one of the bandits. He's like almost like a ninja that always stays off in the distance and will just throw <laughs> needles at her. Oh, right, right. She blocks the needles in this uh, encounter with her basket and they do kind of one of those freeze frames. But yeah, he always stands in the background. He's got a scar on his face. And yeah. he just throws needles all over the place. <laughs> yeah, very distinctive scar mm-hmm. on that guy's face. Like I, I'm not like I like it's been a little bit since I watched the movie, and I remember specifically what that guy's scar looks like. Mm-hmm. Sleekface and Golden Swallow have like this cool stare stare match, kind of like you're saying, kind of the western, like almost like a like a shootout kind of thing where they're just yeah. like staring each other down, circling around. And there's a great bit where uh, Sleekface throws off his robe and he's kind of holding it and using it as a weapon at first, but then he throws it on the ground and one of the lackeys just kind of runs up and scrambles it up from the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like Golden Swallow is losing because she has these cool like dual blades throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah, but then she ends like up losing one. Yeah. yeah. And she ends up losing one, and at this point, we see that Drunk Hat, or, yeah, the Drunk Hat has followed her here, and whenever uh, she starts, kind of, the fight kind of is going uh, against her, then he, like, throws in something that, like, one of the people slips on so she can get away. Yeah, he throws, like, a fruit. I tried to pause it to see what the fruit was, but I couldn't tell. (laughs) But Jade Face Tiger slips on that. Yeah, it's pretty good. So yeah, if practicing at home, any sort of smaller size fruit uh, should do the trick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but then, right whenever Golden Swallow is just about to get away, 
uh, Sleekface holds out his fan and does this shoots the same dart that he shot at the kid earlier, and it hits her right in the shoulder as, yeah. right before she is able to get away. And um, she sort of scales the wall. Uh, yeah, yeah, she scales the wall sort of magically. Yeah, this is that's another one of definitely the magical bits of kind of kind of flying. Uh, and the magic definitely just kind of gets ramped up from here. Right, right. So she gets out and she's in the forest. You can see the people looking after her, trying to find where she is while she's, you know, trying to deal with this poison that's getting in her system. There's a kind of a, yeah, they're hunting her down. There's like a kind of a funny gag where one of the guys has a bow and arrow and he tosses an arrow and it hits one of the other guys right at the top knot on his <laughs> in his head and he kind of pops up like oh my god so mm-hmm. she's yeah she's in bad shape and she's kind mm-hmm. of losing grip she passes out but then one that's right yeah when she wakes up she doesn't know where she is but you kind of quickly uh see that she's at drunk cat's residence which is actually pretty nice and remote for a beggar yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's got a beautiful waterfall he's got some nice scenery and um she's still all messed up and she's being pretty stubborn she wants to leave but he's like no you you're poisoned i gotta get the poison out she passes out again and he ends up actually having to physically like suck the poison out of her her wound mm-hmm. on her chest which is right. kind of erotic for her for a movie yeah at surprising this time, you know where everyone's <laughs> usually covered up and stuff like that he kind of yeah. pulls her shirt down and yeah has to do yeah, it's, that it's weird they don't really like play it for that tone it feels like and yeah and the, he's like a little the, embarrassed to do it yeah and for the most part there's yeah they don't really emphasize any kind of uh like romantic overtones in yeah, their relationship yeah. uh which sure. apparently, very much apparently was pretty a pretty common thing for king who uh i think he he tended to kind of avoid depicting uh romance mm-hmm. in his films which is Kind of Which is fair. That means that yeah. they'll probably age a little better. Yeah, I yeah, absolutely. But in this little exchange, this is whenever we find out that Drunk Cat was actually a fellow pupil of um, Sleek Face's master, uh, Dao Jintang. Is what I've written down. Yeah, well, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's his master, maybe, maybe, but maybe I read that wrong. In they're the, kind of like colleagues in a way. Like he's harboring yeah. the bandits at his temple. And um, I don't know if, you know, he ever taught him anything. But, yeah, you get a sense that there's history between uh, Drunk yeah, Cat history. and, uh, yeah, Li- Liao Kong, the uh, Yeah, the abbot. Liao Kong. He's like the abbot. Yeah. 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 So they were sort of like, uh, yeah, we don't see the their, their actual master. Um, but, yeah, they were they were sort of pupils under the same master. And the uh, Liao Kong or the abbot... Uh, he starts to mention this special weapon, the green wand or this uh, bamboo stick, right. which we've already seen um, in the possession of uh, Drunk Cat. Mm-hmm. But that kind of becomes like an important object. Yeah, that's really cool Actually. to me. I, I really like that where it's like kind of two star pupils of a uh, school and who's going to be the one to like basically be the star of or the like the the leader of the clan and 
I have you guys ever watched Fist of the North Star? Yes. <laughs> so there's oh, a bit no, of, of of Fist of the North Star that kind of reminded me of God, Fist of the North Star. It's been ages since I watched through that. Oh but... man, I love Fist of the North Star. But yeah, so it's like two star pupils. Yeah, only one can yeah. really be the successor. But it's kind of a yin and yang thing where you've got, um, you know, the the hero and the villain that kind of both have studied under the same techniques but only one can really be the true one. And that's similar to what we've got going on here. Or for you kids, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is kind of like that. <laughs> sure, sure. Aesthetically, yeah. I mean, we could get into that after and there's a lot of There's a lot of Japanese <laughs> things that are kind of like the, the two people and they're like equal, but one's evil and one's good. That That's on a lot of, <laughs> sure. a lot of Japanese stuff too. I feel like too. Uh, Kung Fu Panda even had some kind of... <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. But okay, oh, yeah. so we go back to Drunk Cat and uh, Golden Swallow. So the bandits actually find her at Drunk Cat's place, and she's still in no shape to defend herself. So Drunk Cat really is forced to kind of show his hand and reveal that he really is like a martial arts master. And he handily, I, I love his shot. There's a shot where he just, in one move, he takes out everyone. He's, there are yeah. five guys coming <laughs> at him. And they all lunge in this like a, almost like a quick snapshot, and they're all mm-hmm. done. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah, speaking of like super moves. Yeah, totally. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like, and, screen clearing moves. And that's really in this. That scene has a great line where Drunk Cat, once he puts his game face on, he tells them, "You must be tired of living." It's so cool. Like, how can that's, you say that? It's awesome. That's one of the. That's actually one of the classic um, dub lines too. That that pops up a handful of times in like classic old kung fu dubs. Oh man! Uh, it's it's great. a lot of times it'll be like, "You must be tired of living." Oh, what a some, <laughs> some what an amazing. That's a, that's an incredible impression of a, oh, of a dub. I love it. I love it. So oh, then, man. once he does that, he takes everyone out. Golden Swallow mm-hmm. notices this and realizes the true power of the drunk cat. So um, we cut back to the temple and uh, drunk cat delivers all the dead bandits to yeah, yeah. Uh, Jade Face Tiger. And, and actually basically, with the help of the kids, which is, yeah. which is kind of <laughs> It's kind a little of jacked up. That's too, messed up. But... <laughs> <laughs> so now you see Jade Face Tiger and they're still all recovering from their last encounter so mm-hmm. yeah they have like bandages yeah. everywhere and stuff little by little they're whittling down the the bandits to only like the basically the named bandits that you're familiar with the bandits see their dead comrades and they start questioning drunk cat and he mm-hmm. basically lets them know that she wants to have an encounter with them they have a plan basically and then the uh, it's either this scene or in a couple of scenes the abbot finally comes to the temple uh and he like comes in and looks at the the bodies and sees that they have basically the a circle from the bamboo stick so he right. knows that drunk hat was the one that killed them yeah that's so and, cool i love that yeah <laughs> you get yeah this he can tell just it's that whole martial arts school thing like Oh, yeah. I can tell that they were killed by this. I can tell what his style is. Yeah, right. so cool. <laughs> I love that stuff. And yeah, like uh, actually, it's super incredible here because it's like, oh yeah, that would leave like a a very particular imprint or something. Yep. During this uh, thing where Liao Kung returns, you see that 
they wanted to keep drunk cat they didn't want him to leave so uh he actually ends up escaping and Liao Kung isn't able to even though he realized what's really happening uh drunk cat escapes that's right and this is whenever whenever he gets drunk cat gets back to like his little hut thing and we see him doing like honest to god magic oh man it's so awesome he's like reversing the flow of a waterfall basically he's like kind of in a meditation pose with his hand out Mm. and i mean basically if this was an anime he'd be shooting a fireball out of his hand yeah. but <laughs> the way they yeah, he's like he's this... like splitting the waterfall in two yeah the way they visualize it in the movie is basically like um uh like wind wind blowing yeah but yeah, yeah so back but the then, special effect is is pretty impressive it's the right, practical well thing right. i back think then there's... i would say that yeah the effects are really cool and, and then the I, actually... did, did you hear that did you hear that story carlos where <laughs> yeah. he actually really burned his arm yeah, so he, they had this, back like, then what they were using is he. I think he straight up had a pipe in his sleeve and either it was too hot or too cold and he would <laughs> actually injure himself doing that in the movie. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's commitment. And you mm-hmm. see that in order to do that technique, it really exerts a lot out of him because once he does it, he kind of almost passes out and she's... Yeah, and like steam's like coming off of his head a little bit too, yeah. which I, I noticed it's on, really a, cool. on a so second viewing. It's really cool. She understands, Golden Swallow understands the power of Drunk Cat. And mm-hmm. I guess to show off a little more, he tells her, <laughs> hey, grab this huge rock and throw it at me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's awesome. But the first thing. It's really funny because the first time whenever she tries to throw it, she can't get it up all yeah. the way. Cause she's yeah, because so she's so still weak. recovering. Yeah. Yep. And he slices it in half with his sword. And then uh, he continues to demonstrate and he kind of like is able to damage this, the stone with his hand only. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Right. I like it. And. and the effects, you know, for being what they were back then, I think oh, yeah. that even though they aren't the best effects, like considering when this movie came out, it's pretty awesome. And You could do a lot worse yeah, in 1966. Totally. Yeah, for sure. It, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to... Like, I love Star Trek, but... Sure. But <laughs> this I, is like, right. Star Trek wishes that they had effects as good as this. Yeah. Right. In a lot of ways, it, yeah, I was pretty impressed with a movie in 1966 looking overall as good as this movie does it's it's awesome i don't want to compare it to like 2001 but you know like you see 2001 and you're like wow this came out in what uh 68 like how can this movie look so good so that's Mm -hmm. i mean not exactly comparable because that's like a mass well i mean mean, i don't know both 60 movies both 60s movies with really good practical effects and yeah i suppose we should call out the cinematographer who's a japanese born uh tadashi nishimoto oh wow um, awesome the combination of of he and king who really yeah really something remarkable here and thankfully um the transfers that we're talking about either the hd youtube version or the dragon dynasty dvd um both come from uh, the celestial pictures restorations from like the early 2000s okay um, yeah lo- is lo- what I'd looks, looks terrific and the colors are beautiful uh chang pepe tells this story about uh taking her daughter to the Cannes film festival when they had um like an anniversary screening of come drink with me and i think prior to that uh she was only able to show her this like fourth or fifth generation bootleg that had been so desaturated. It was almost black and white. And I think her daughter was like surprised that the movie was in color. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. 
So, okay, uh, after this demonstration of Drunk Cat's strength, he lets Golden Swallow know that he has a plan to uh, get her brother back. And what he basically does is he arranges an exchange. So they're going to meet outside, and he's going to give them his word that they'll return their leader, and the bandits will return her brother. And in the next scene, we see Drunk Cat just kind of walk around, and then he runs back into the abbot from before, and there is this massive musical hit that I'm definitely going to put in. With it I've slept in field and ditch, begging... It's awesome. It's like it's so incredibly over dramatic. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> but this really, um, yeah, this also like calls to me like Fist of the North Star, where it's like, yeah, there's this yeah. whole um, dynamic between these two characters where Liao Kung wants the green wand, and uh, Drunk Cat wants to basically he wants to avenge his master because Liao Kung killed their master, and Drunk Cat's kind of conflicted though because. Drunk Cat was an orphan, and or yeah. and he would never he would have probably died or been living in poverty without these skills if it weren't for Liao Kung welcoming him uh, mm-hmm. into the into their Kung Fu League. Yeah, and he right. calls him Big Brother whenever he first sees him. Yeah, so he's like... got this moral dilemma where it's like you basically saved my life, but you also killed my master. So mm-hmm. um, I'm bound, uh, you know, by our precepts to defeat you it's cool stuff i, I love that yeah, stuff yeah, i really totally. eat it up it's so cheesy <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah and it's kind of along the lines of what we're saying it's it's really rich character motivation that i feel like is is pretty universal um and you could contrast that with maybe some of the more comedic uh you know kung fu films of like the late 70s early and early 80s and argue that this is this is a much more kind of compelling motivation for the for the fight here after this little bit that's whenever they decide to do the like the prisoner exchange right that's the next scene that's right where they right. where they um the bandits will give the person they kidnapped from the way back at the beginning of the movie in exchange for the leader that's kind of the whole crux yeah. of the movie and we're back kind of outside uh, also it looks kind of like we're in the same area from the beginning of the yeah and I like obviously I have no idea what the shooting schedule was, but I wouldn't be completely surprised if they did that on the same day. Oh yeah, maybe because <laughs> like getting all getting all those horses yeah. and all the people in the costumes together, like yeah. Although I mean, any of these fight sequences are you know multiple days of shooting. I think. Th- oh yeah. I think they said the even the temple fight that we were talking about earlier. I think was apparently a two weeks, uh, two wow. weeks to shoot that. Wow. Um. So yeah, yeah I imagine this finale would have been. Hmm you know, a fairly, fairly lengthy shoot. So, so yeah, who knows? And it's really cool. We get to see golden swallow is kind of like leading this kind of brigade of women with, with swords and stuff, Yeah, uh, which is, which is really neat. They all have like matching, uh, these matching big hats and, and outfits and everything. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, yeah, it's a pretty amazing, uh, sequence. Uh, I would say thus far you could kind of celebrate this film, for being somewhat pioneering for uh, just how it depicts the central character of Golden Swallow and, you know, puts mm-hmm. Chang Pepe front and center. But to also have 
this incredible uh, group of powerful, capable fighter fighting women here at the end uh, is pretty remarkable. Apparently, that was a Run Run Shaw's idea. He wanted to see it like a giant group of uh, women in this final uh, in this final fight sequence. So, yeah, very cool. Fifty years before we sort of see the uh, Amazonians from Wonder Woman, we have have this gang here. (laughs) Yeah, they're all all amazing. So they do this this prisoner exchange, and the 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 prisoner the bandits are trying to get. They he's in like this cart that is completely barring him in with just his head sticking out. And they the bandits are at the top of a hill. They like they're carting the guy back up the hill. And that's whenever we see that drunk cat has been hiding underneath the whole time. (laughs) Yeah. And then he like flips the guys guarding their carrying the cart off and the cart just goes flying down the uh, down the side of the hill. Yeah, and I have I've written down the bandits are surprisingly okay with that. With the, <laughs> like they're not freaking out as much as as you would think given the yeah that the beat situation. feels strange. Like they end up pursuing it like a minute or so later, but they yeah, kind of back off immediately. Too. Yeah. the The other thing I really like about that scene is when Drunk Cat encounters the bandits that are near him. He he snaps a sword with his bare hands. Oh right, <laughs> it's awesome. Maybe that's why they're not. <laughs> attacking him as much <laughs> sure, like, they realize, uh, okay oh, yikes <laughs> <laughs> so they back off yeah after their uh attempt to trade fails on the bandits but then they yeah very quickly try to ambush the rest of the squad and we get a huge brawl with all the uh female guards and everyone else and we get some notable characters dying in the middle of all of this so smiling tiger and uh other a couple of the other guys that you recognize yeah. as kind of being like the more higher ranked bandits golden swallow gets to take them out pretty it's pretty cool i didn't mention it throughout but the smiling i couldn't f- place my finger out but smiling tiger looked kind of familiar i don't know he has a very distinct look yeah. and as as his name would insinuate, he is smiling like the whole time. And yeah, I believe totally. that uh, it's a little creepy. In the... I, th- I think that's uh, Lei Wan Chung or Lee Wan Chung, I believe is the actor's yeah. name. Yeah, he's mm. incredible. He actually mm. says that in the movie, in the in that diner scene when they're kind of having the standoff towards the beginning. He says that, oh, I kind of have a familiar face. <laughs> so maybe it worked on you, Matthew. Yeah, may- maybe, yeah. <laughs> uh, in this scene, we see the uh, the bandits like try to split off the groups from each other so they can try to try to get the prisoner that, that they gave back to the, to the government people. And um, the, the whole, I want to have a better term than the group of women that are fighting but i don't know what to call them but anyways yeah, just call they them all the get split off something. yeah yeah so the the amazon ladies get all get split off and along with the prisoner and gold swallow runs back to like to fight with them a lot of them get uh killed off with like darts and other things like that and this is when we get another great scene of Pepe just doing like doing her thing lots of killing a bunch of people at once lots of guarding you know four guys at once and doing a slash that hits like six guys at a time uh and there's a great bit where she gets the a little bit later where she gets the front of her hat cut off Mm -hmm. and then she just grabs it and rips it off oh it's so cool yeah it's cool stuff 
it kind of takes a turn. So you you kind of yeah. think, oh, this is resolved because this was the main focus of the movie. But it kind of has like a bonus ending to this movie where um, uh, Drunk Cat has his confrontation with uh, Liao Kung. At first, it's out in the. It's kind of the end of this big skirmish where uh, Golden Swallow, after she uh, defeats uh, some of the bandits. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I just want to say one thing real quick. Right before, right before that happens, uh, Golden Swallow is uh, chasing down Sleek Face. Exactly. And and yeah. Sleek Face uh, is wearing white the whole time, but now he finally has blood all over his his robes. And he at one point goes to sling the the poison dart again at Gold Swallow, but earlier in the movie we saw a Drunk Cat take the dart out of the fan, yeah. so he just kind of swings it out and nothing happens. Yeah, it's almost an act of yeah. desperation. He realizes that yeah. he's about to be murdered, but he's mm-hmm. saved by Liao Kung. He Liao Kung shows up and. Yep. There, you know, she kind of understands what might be happening, but she still has mm-hmm. to attack Liao Kung. But and it's great too because yeah. he's like a a god, based, basically. Yeah, he's like, like invincible. She literally, like, you can see the blade like bending whenever she tries to stab him. Yeah, she right, right. she tries to stab him in the chest, and he just stands there and just is like, yeah, whatever, you can't stab me. And he disarms her pretty quickly, and he snaps one of her swords uh, with his bare hands. So she's going to be defeated, and he actually is going to toss her own sword back at her to finish her off, and it's blocked by Drunk Cat. Mm-hmm. So now that's we right, get the, right. the Drunk Cat. Then we get cat. a magic fight. Yeah, the Drunk Cat and Liao Kung fight, and it's pretty cool right here, but um, Liao Kung ends up getting defeated, and uh, Drunk Cat basically tells him, like, hey, you have to you know, change your name and live a different life like you're in disgrace now. A moment. You've defeated me fair and square. My life is now in your hands, drunken cat. But I recall you saying you didn't want to kill me. You said you'd spare my life. And you spare me your pathetic mind games. Now listen. I may have owed you because you saved me. So I'll spare you. Now we are even. I owe you nothing. And if it's my misfortune to see you again, then my sword won't be so merciful. We clear? And he's like, oh, like, you got me. But yeah, I, I you still see <laughs> some of that, um, the wind fireballs that they... Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty cool. Shooting, like, Hadoukens at each other. Yeah, yeah, that's basically oh, gosh, what totally. it is. And uh, then it cuts to Drunk Cat back at home, kind of just chilling out, you know, job well done, this and that. But uh, Liao Kung didn't learn his lesson. He's trying to ambush him because he still wants that green wand must be something really good about that thing. And yeah. <laughs> um, this is the final confrontation between the two. And yeah. it's cool because it's in that, like you were saying, that like soundstage basically like closed set. Mm-hmm. But it looks really nice. They've got it does this kind of dark lit uh, setting and they've got mist flowing around. And um, there's a lot of Lots like of... Um, stylistically like the camera work is different in this. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess to yeah, emphasize how strong these guys are, um, you'll see a lot of kind of what is a Dutch angle, you know, like a angle yeah. shot, and then they'll like dart at each other, and there's and almost then like there's, a, it's like they're like transparent yeah, at like one point because they're like moving so fast. 
So yeah, I feel like uh, it, it all kind of helps to emphasize like the the finale because uh, for yeah. me at least, like uh, story wise, there's there's something a little bit bumpy about entering this sequence. Kind of like you were maybe uh, alluding to, Carlos. It's like uh, it sort of feels like we just like left the same scene but are resuming it in a different time in a different place yeah it's um, like an so alternate I do feel like, yeah, ending all the, almost uh, yeah <laughs> all th- the approach to the camera work at least for me kind of helps um helps to kind of uh, this feeling like we're really closing in on the ending yeah um, it's very cool good. i really like um uh, there's a shot where um drunk cat and liao kung are basically like doing their like qigong attack towards each other but mm-hmm. Liao Kung's kind of on the ground and you kind of see it. It's only like a shot for like maybe five seconds, but it looks like there's mist rising up, up over his body all around him. It oh, looks yeah. very yeah. cool. You can almost read it as like uh, an aura around him. But oh, um, and then there's a really great right before the in, ending of the fight. They take the fight inside of the hut. Yeah. And the whole time they're like knocking out basically the support beams mm-hmm. for the hut. Right. Then Liao Kong jumps out of the hut, and the hut completely just falls yeah. apart on top of each other. There's a great shot where you see Liao Kong jumping away. I'm sure it's a double, but him jumping away while the hut falls apart. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking that was. I'll bet that was. Uh, we have one take to do this. Yeah, yeah and it's beaut. It's really beautiful. They mm-hmm. boy, and they they're just any... it's bloodier and bloodier as this battle oh, goes yeah. on. Um, he uh, the the final blow drunk cat stabs uh, Kong in the in the chest and there's like a literal geyser of blood that just shoots out all over drunk cat's face right. it's it's kind of nuts yeah great stuff great stuff mm-hmm. so then just to cap everything off like yeah Yao Kong gets defeated. yeah the movie has an ending yeah yeah we have a little hey thanks for everything you did and mm-hmm. uh, Golden Swallow is with her crew and they just make their way and that's it that's the end yep yeah. we see we see all the kids again they get a big nice the end it's not a freeze frame <laughs> i feel like if this was some of the other movies then it would have as soon as he stabbed him in the chest it would have just freeze frame ended right. sure sure this was a beautiful movie i love it i love it another oh, man. classic awesome. man mm-hmm. really no, great it's really good. i really enjoy the movie a lot it's I don't know. I feel like there's some just block in my mind when it comes to a lot of older movies like this that I can't like pre seventies that it's hard for my mind to like get over that hump. But this movie is great. Like it, it's from, from the beginning. It's, it's great. You know, it ramps up from the beginning. There's, there's all kinds of blood. There's a part where a guy holds another person's disembodied hand at some point. <laughs> yeah, really it's good. it's oh, kind of yeah. nuts, but I really enjoy the movie a lot. And I would echo your sentiment too, Matthew. Where, um, you know, I like I said before, I was really into like the late eighties, early nineties yeah. style of Hong Kong action, like Jackie Chan stuff sure. and Bu and what happened was me being younger i wasn't able to really appreciate the shaw brothers movies as much because i'd see them and i'm like oh their fighting looks stupid it's like not as cool (laughs) as all this new new stuff that Mm -hmm. i like but it's just different you know it's a total different style that yeah you gotta get in that mindset you in this movie you really get a good sense of this world that they're in and it's like this like I said earlier, it's like this magical feeling about everything, like all mm-hmm. the sets that you're, you know, you're witnessing and 
all these yeah. characters like it's just beautiful i mm-hmm. i love it <laughs> <laughs> well i think compared oh. to any of the movies we've uh watched thus far this is like a piece of cinema first mm-hmm. and then it, it kind of yeah. happens it happens to pertain to uh you know martial arts um definitely and say you know action or, or or fighting and honestly i i i actually still to this day have some of that same response that you were describing carlos to a lot of shaw brothers films um i do think this this really is in a class of its own and it's really uh just remarkable watching this and um kind of getting comfortable uh with king who's approach to to filmmaking it's uh very influential i think not only on sort of the best of uh chinese cinema but really i think it had a great like international impact and stands alongside you know uh i think great uh westerns of the period or you definitely could see um and if you'd see like a compilation of classic cinema like you could throw this clips from this movie in the middle of those and they would just sit right next to it yeah like this could totally be a criterion collection film yeah yeah gosh that would be incredible Mm -hmm. (laughs) criterion blu-ray of this and apparently it was it was hong kong's choice for the best foreign language film in the 39th annual academy awards it didn't ultimately get nominated because there's a bunch of other stuff from uh, europe and it's so funny thinking like looking looking through some of the movies from that year and like I don't recognize like any of them except Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf? That's the only oh, movie sure. from '66 <laughs> that I recognize. <laughs> so it's really cool to go back to this era where I like I know almost nothing about film from this era, especially not Hong Kong cinema. Marty, another great so, pick, man. Oh yeah, oh, well, definitely. I'm so, so glad you guys enjoyed it. Um, so what's our what's our training for next week, Marty? Well. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm so thrilled we got to focus on come drink with me and hopefully to celebrate the wonderful Chang Pei Pei, um, mm-hmm. for next week, we're going to move forward in time a little bit, uh, to a movie. This is probably actually one of my favorite martial arts films. This is called Broken Oath and it stars the wonderful Angela Mao. Um, and I think I've mentioned to you guys uh, outside of the show, but I would say more than any other film, um, this has some of the primary influence for a lot of the material in uh, the Kill Bill films. Great. Uh, And not not, uh, coincidentally, uh, the action choreography is once again um, uh, courtesy of Mr. Yun-Woo Ping. So it's... uh, Makes sense. I think it's a really... uh, Should hopefully be a really great bridge. Um, I think the filmmaking is quite excellent um but i would say the speed and sort of the detail of the choreography uh is a little closer to to what we've been used to with our with our films well with young whooping doing it yeah Yeah. makes sense but yeah angela mao is amazing and she's magnetic in a way uh kind of really unique to to herself and quite the sort of uh combat presence really in that movie Mm. so yeah really looking forward to it uh in terms of finding a copy uh for our loyal listeners out there um this is probably also going to have to be either like a ebay hunting i know my dvd uh years ago i think imported from yesasia.com i did see that there's a 
uh, on Amazon, there's a Angela Mao collection on DVD Ooh. that contains Broken Oath. Ooh, that would definitely hmm. be uh, be worth the. Uh, yeah, the I think cost, it's something like fifteen bucks or something. Oh gosh, yeah, comparable so, to that. Yeah, I would say that's a that's a must grab. All right, well, and I th- uh, thank you guys so much for listening in again. Uh, as always. You can check us out on our Facebook page, which just uh, Heroes 3 Podcast. Just search that on Facebook and you'll find it. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Heroes 3 Podcast. That's the number three podcast. And um, where can we find uh, you two guys? Oh, oh well, I I don't do much outside of this, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> I am on Twitter. Well, what, what, what's, yeah, what's, your, what's your Twitter handle? My Twitter is at Pooplos underscore Z awesome uh, yeah so if yeah. you want to follow me we on should twitter, just let that fly without any comment or follow yeah there's <laughs> definitely a story behind that but yeah just look me up at pooplos underscore z on twitter i mostly okay. talk about kind of stuff i like right like video game mm-hmm. music and robots and you <laughs> know stuff like that fighting well, games and, and also it's a platform where you're sharing some of your great artwork that uh yes yeah sure so i've always I mean, I guess I'm an artist at heart, but I'm pretty lazy. And this show has <laughs> been a great motivator for me to start. Oh, yeah. Vi- <laughs> no, I definitely appreciate all the, all the pixel art you've been doing for the episodes. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I've yeah, been having uh, a lot of fun making it. How about you, Marty? Uh, yeah, on Twitter, you could find me at uh, Marty B Music. Uh, yeah, otherwise, I'm also involved in a couple other podcasts, but that should be a that should be a good spot. Okay. And I'm at major underscore third. I don't like do anything on my Twitter. I just I just figured it'd be a good, you know, plug in things. Might as well plug all the things. You do oh, a lot dude, of cool stuff. Totally. You guys both do a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> don't be so modest. Uh, dude, all y'all yeah. do. <laughs> so until next week where we're talking about Broken Oath from nineteen seventy seven. I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes Three. Remember your training. <laughs>